Candyman, a podcast where today we're not going to be talking about the 2021 reboot of Candyman by Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele, because this is actually a podcast about Sweet Tooth on Netflix, where we talk about each episode and we review a piece of candy. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, this is a weird title, Weird Dear S Star Star T? What goes in the yeah. middle there? Weird Dear Shot? Star- yeah, well, we spit? don't know. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we can figure out in, over the course of the podcast. Um, weird Dear Shit is something that I grew up with as a country uh, country boy. Um, country pumpkin, pumpkin is what you yeah, want to exactly. I didn't say, I didn't say bumpkin. bumpkin. I didn't you say bumpkin. country bumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no bumpkin. I'm yes. no bumpkin. Yes, you, you are, are. Okay. wearing like a toured bandana yeah, around yeah, your neck exactly. right now. With your hat off to the side. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking poster very... child for what a country bumpkin looks like. <laughs> right now we're recording this at 10, 12 a.m. and you're already five beers in. That's true. I'm I'm very cosmopolitan. Oh Look at the colander behind me. Oh very cosmopolitan. Oh. <laughs> so, as you were holding a pitchfork, you could be more country bumpkin. Oh you're man, I've bar, never. This in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Let me get all these hayseeds out of my mouth so I can talk to her. Well, I've never been got that quickly on a podcast with you two. City, city bumpkins. <laughs> So we are going to be talking about episode three of the first season of Sweet Tooth. If you haven't watched it, go watch it because we're going to get into spoilers with the broad overview of this episode. A couple of different things happened. Gus and Jeopard head to market to try to get Gus on a train out to Red Rock so we can finally see Dave Matthews band. Things do not work out very well when they get captured by very much at the end of the episode by General Abbott's people, who we find out a lot more about this particular episode. However, they're rescued by the animal kids that got teased in the last episode. Meanwhile, over with Dr. Singh, he's getting back into the groove of being a doctor again. However, things are really thrown for a loop when they go to a Survivor's Day party. Somebody comes down with a stick and they wrap that dude up in saran wrap and burn down his house. <laughs> Which I think we all crazy. saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've been at one of those parties. Pete, oh, you had a barbecue quick. this weekend. You said it went real bad. Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Very similar situation. Uh, before we get too much further along, I just want to ask, this here box going to record my voice? <laughs> <laughs> the more I think about it, the more insane. Like, your teeth aren't right because you were raised on well water. Like, you couldn't be more country bubble. My teeth are beautiful. They're just mm. uh, hollow, basically. <laughs> Every once in a while when we record a podcast, so this is actually not a joke your teeth literally fall one, <laughs> one if i may one tooth would have fall out uh, <laughs> oh is that you know, one is too many that, that is 100 more teeth than either me or pete have lost lost visibly on a podcast yet oh yet so far we'll oh see God. we've been doing this for 15 years and <laughs> i'm the only if one it, with teeth eventually, out of eventually it's gonna happen <laughs> Let's jump in and talk about this episode. Now, so far, we have been loving the show. I think I came out and said that I like the second episode even better than the first episode. So how are you feeling overall about the third one now that we're kind of settling into a groove here with this season? Justin? Uh, I really like it. I think this one had... um you feel like the the different stories we're telling sort of finding their spots. And I really liked the... Uh, Singh and uh, Ronnie going to a party and then uh, Jeopard and Gus going to sort of their version of a party. Like there was some mirroring there, which is nice. And the show's good. 
Like, and I, it's, again, there's a tension over this every moment in this show that is stressful in a way that makes it interesting. Like, the Singh-Ronnie relationship, I feel like we're meant to be super invested in it. And there's bad shit coming. There's no way there's not something bad coming. So it's like, it's hard. And they treat it like it's a fun, almost rom-com love story. And it's a post-apocalyptic Well, I don't know if it's a rom-com love story. I mean, there's certainly some light things going on there. But it's definitely, yeah, it's a tragic romance. I mean, we know, like you're saying, they're headed for some bad times. We just don't know when it's coming. And I think you mentioned this the last episode. Everything has this grim cloud floating over it the entire time, even when fun things are happening. Pete, what about you, though, before we get too much into it? How'd you feel about this episode? Well, first off, I am so happily wrong about my concerns about, like, uh, you know, the live action and it not feeling as, like, artistic as the comic the the sh- the beautiful shots and the, and the and the way that they use the title card like in the shot uh was really just fantastic i'm loving the fact that they really took a lot of time when making this and like thought about it in a way that like you when you're laying down a comic so i am very much engrossed in this uh, world that they created uh, and took so much time to do so. So I'm very happy with the way this is, looks and the way that this feels very much feels like the comic book, even though I'm sure uh, there's going to be different twists and turns along the way. Uh, but yeah, just I'm having a blast with this show, even though there is this tension, uh, just because it's, uh, it feels like I'm I'm getting to know the characters all over again. Yeah, it's funny. I normally get very put off by an over-reliance in CGI landscapes and kind of zooming through everything. And there are things like the shot at the beginning when they zoom out of where the animal kids or whatever we end up calling them. Uh, They're live. at the uh, Channel Forest Water Safari. I called it on the last episode. <laughs> I really don't think they it's, are. They're, they're, oh, it was clear. They zoomed out. And that's fucking in Channel Forest Water Safari where the fun never stops. Justin, back me up on this one. Um, I'm sorry, Alex. Pete's right. This was 100% shot at Enchanted Forest Water Safari, the off-brand water park from yeah. upstate New York. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Great. Well, that makes no sense with the geography of the show, but I'll go with you guys and believe you anyway. But hey, let me throw it out there. Let yes. me just give you a little back, a little backstory, Alex. Um, uh, as someone who um, grew up um, eating pine cones uh, as a country... <laughs> Country boy, um, let me tell you what Enchanted Forest is. It was a non-water park that was just like concrete uh, figures from fairy tales. And then they made it a water park. And then you, we would have to go walk through the the boring part before we could yes. go to the water slides. Exactly. And um, so it really, I think that resonates a lot with this post-apocalyptic world. Because we would walk through the part where the concrete hybrids running around and be like, we hate these hybrids. <laughs> Bring us to the water park. Mm-hmm. And then we would hit the water slides. Yeah, I guess my point, though, was it doesn't look good. It's just <laughs> CGI landscape. Versus, to Pete's point, then the, every time I'm like, ah, man, I don't I don't like this. This this looks kind of fakey to me. Then you get some beautiful shot like Gus and Jeopard sitting on top of the bus with the sky in the background, which, again, I know that's almost definitely a green screen shot that they put together, but it looks so gorgeous it doesn't matter. So exactly. if you're fooled by the, exactly. the CGI, then it works. Exactly. And I think they're using it for the large majority of the time really sparingly and really well to pump up what's going on with the characters, pump up what's going on with the scenes, and it's very nice. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad they're 
obviously it's a Netflix budget. So, you know, they were able to put a lot into it. They had elephants running the last episode and they looked pretty good as well. Um, but for the most part, it seems to put character first. And I think that's important for the longevity of a show. And, you know, I'm not a line producer or anything, and I don't know how CGI works, but can you imagine like the, the shot of the forest and then yeah. you got to get those white letters in between the trees. That's got to be a nightmare. Yeah, and just to mention, uh, for anybody who's confused, CGI stands for Crazy Glued Infants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah, important to yeah, We talked about it in the first episode. We did, movie. yes. Uh, so that's what we're talking about there. Uh, let's talk about some spe- specific plot points. I think Sing is a good place to start because, yeah. like you mentioned, there's thematic resonances between the two halves of this show, between the two halves of the episode, but uh, it's a very contained story. Um, how are you feeling about Sing so far and what's going on there? So stressed. I'm so glad I'm yeah, stressed every it's, time it's I stressful see him. Because, they, they, like I was saying with the romance, like he himself is also very likable. And I fear he's being put in this position where he has to do these bad deeds um, to keep the, the clinic going. The um, What's it called? Little, little Sheriff's Clinic? Yep. Yeah, uh, I think I was wondering whether it was a convenience store or a restaurant. I feel like it's supposed to be like a Bob's Big Boy style restaurant. I think thing. that's 100% accurate. Um, have you guys been to a Bob's Big Boy? Because that was what we called a, a five-star tasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah, like, I've been to Country eat? Barrel. Like, let's, let's go find the biggest boy and eat his food. Yeah, Cracker Barrel. Pete? Cracker Barrel, yes. that's what I meant okay. to say. Yeah. What'd you say? What'd you call it, Pete? Country Big, Barrel. Country yeah. Barrel. Isn't that the butter <laughs> now, or the cheese? Now who's the bumpkin? <laughs> we go eat at the Country Barrel. <laughs> the off-bread Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that sounds terrible. What do we want to keep about Cracker Barrel? The barrel. Okay, cool. <laughs> Call it the Country Barrel. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was he's uh, – I, I feel like we're going to see his morality slip. I mean the whole sequence at the party was – Super weird uh, in a great way. Um, but you see him when he's, you know, his wife has the sick and they're still going to this party. That's oh, like, that that's was so stressful. Wild. That was just so stressful to like go there. And, but they also did a great job. As soon as you see the host, you're like, oh, this, he's got it. You could just tell by how sweaty and crazed he looks. You're like, oh man, this, this host is, is going down. But the the charades were so stressful, obviously, because no. like it was the clues were. All great. I'm doing is looking at pinkies now. I can't stop looking at pinkies because of the show. Stop it! Oh, it's so crazy. the The pinky attention that this show has is <laughs> pinkies just, are popping. I I don't know. We talked about this a little bit the last episode, or at least I talked about this a little bit the last episode uh, about how certain aspects with the family and the visitor center really reflected what's going on with COVID, with the pandemic in real life. Uh, and I did some quick reading into it and I, they were very, I think they were only like two months into the writer's room, maybe even two weeks. I may have this wrong, but it was a very short period of time into the writer's room when the pandemic hit, they were shut down and they had to start doing everything over zoom. So this episode and the Sing storyline in particular, though also a little bit with the Gus Jeopard storyline, it struck me again how this honestly feels like the best pandemic show so far. And what I mean by that is not generally the idea of pandemic, but literally the COVID pandemic, because something even like the party, it feels like the sort of thing that people have been doing where they're like, well, we're not sick. It's fine. We can get together. 
And then that moment towards the end when the pinkies start shaking, pinkies start oh. popping, and everybody throws on just like the thinnest cloths possible, even though that's not really going to do anything. Again, that feels very of COVID, the whole, uh, just the way everybody is reacting to everything. Also at the market as well, doing uh, the scanners on the head, all of those little touches and things, I think it's possible those things just could have come out of a pandemic show anyway, but they feel very resonant in the time of COVID. Yeah, I feel like it's of COVID, but not like trying to make a point about it, which is Mm -hmm. the difference. I feel like so many shows that are touching on it are like, look, we are doing the COVID thing. And it's like, we, the last thing we need is to be told the COVID thing. Like we've all been told that whether or not whatever your status is with it, like everyone's heard it. So like this show, the way it's just part of the story, I think it does feel really good. And it allows us to sort of commiserate with it in a way rather than being confronted with it. Yeah. Uh, also, while we're talking about the, the, the things, um, I think that, uh, if she ever finds out that he just named her Jane Doe and not like, you know, give her any kind of shout out at all, it's just, it's kind of, it's a, it's a little messed up. I think, Do you think you he know? doesn't know his wife's name? I think that, <laughs> I think he's, he's trying like, to keep uh, her out Jane. of it for some reason, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like it's not going to go well. You, she might as well get some credit or at least some acknowledgement. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I don't think I think the idea is he doesn't want her in the uh, in the record because he's keeping his life, his wife alive using all this medicine. And yeah, it's dangerous it's- because she may have been the person that gave it to Big Doug. That's what I wanted to ask. Do you think this is their fault? That's definitely the implication, or it could be their fault, which is... Yeah, uh, I mean, the neighbor, if you look around the neighborhood, it looks like, you know, every place they've gone to, they've had to burn to the ground, so... <laughs> just just yeah. one. Just uh, the Houston's two. or two? There were two houses burned down? Well, there's one burnt, and then the one they burned oh, yes. on this okay. episode. Now, I have a question for you about that. Um, do you think... Because they got the guy eating the, the pie. Mm-hmm. So on the way out the door, they're like, we're going to burn our friend. Yeah. He's like, let me grab a quick piece of pie. Right. And oh, then you he think he grabbed it. it on the way out, not he already had it and walked out. I think he got the pie on the way out. Oh. I think he grabbed the pie on the way out. But regardless, is uh, it really makes it feel like just a regular Tuesday because this guy's eating pie in a, at a house burning. So, Well, let me ask you this. What if the sick is spread by pie? Isn't that a danger? Could be a pie-based. Yeah, I wouldn't want to eat something that was just found at a place that is contaminated. But that made guy, by made by Big Doug, yeah. the sick man. The pinky might have been in the pie. It's pinky pie. <laughs> oh, like a real Jack Horner type oh, what? situation. This, what's their secret? Oh, I used a little bit of extra <laughs> yeah, pinky sauce. I, I, I started with my pinky. Exactly. I started my pinky. <laughs> Martha Stewart recommends <laughs> you stir, stir things with your sick uh, pinky. Yeah. Oh. What did you think about them singing "Old Leg Side"? Oh, that was weird. Uh, very was, weird. And I, well, what the, do you guys, if, when you when you find out your friend and then you got bombed their uh, place, do what would you sing? Old Lang Syne. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then I don't know Every why time. you're shocked to it. Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. No, it's a New Year's song. It's weird to sing Old Lang Syne not on New Year's. That's all I'm saying. Well, but I think the point is Survivor's Day has sort of become the real New Year's. I thought it was interesting, the suspicious woman who's like looking at Sing. Yeah, and then man, she, just she starts can singing. lean, huh? She does that lean in. Did Woo! she? This is a terrible thing to say. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud. Did she look to you? She To me, she looked exactly like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's costume from Total Recall. Oh my God! <laughs> what are you saying? You know when he goes to Mars and no, he's oh, like, we two know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. Two weeks? No, that is not who she is. You think that those her first role in Hollywood was that, and this is her second role? Yes, <laughs> second role. She Maybe. got blacklisted after that because they're like, "No, your face comes apart, and you turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger." No thanks. Uh, yeah, we already have an Arnold Schwarzenegger lady. Um, I do think uh, so. Was she just looking at Sing to be like, "You start, you start the song. Sing your name, Sing. You sing." And then he's like, "Uh,", uh and she's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Yeah, well, I don't know. No, she's definitely all up. In them, she's when, looking. Yeah, she's looking at pinkies. And, we, uh, well, she's checking for she pinkies, but even in the she's party, hiding her pinkies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. She's definitely like she's the neighborhood watch lady. I she's would the be so one. more obvious. I would be checking everybody's pinky, no matter where I was. I mean, you can't be fucking around like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I, that, you you got to be. I feel like Pete, you're going to be a pinky watcher from here on out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was great. Uh, good storyline. Very dark. Very disturbing. I also like just the world building here because this feels like a very different viral apocalypse community that we've necessarily seen on TV or in movies before. So I thought that was kind of neat. There's just little variations there. Uh, let's jump over to the meat of the episode, which is Gus and Jeopard as they continue their relationship. As expected, Jeopard is having a hard time letting go of Gus as they bond here. Uh, it gets sweet. It's very nice. Um, but the he thing that gives some oh, great advice. What is that about caramel apples or something? What's going on? No, here? no. Where he was like, weird. no, he says, don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answers to kid. I mean, that was some, that was some deep shit. Yeah. I really like the relationship here. I think it's playing out really nicely. I love the fact that Jeopard is the one who messes up this episode, that even though yeah. Gus goes outside. Selfish. Yeah, exactly. Because he's looking out for his candy, his adult candy. Yeah. Yeah. We're instead all of chasing that, you know, sweetness. So yeah. <laughs> let's talk too. through the storyline. What were some moments that jumped out to you? Uh, I really liked um, your Pubba was a weird dude um, and the uh, the weird deer shit stuff. Like Pete was saying, all the advice. Um, the we get to see Jeopard's home, uh, quote unquote, his bus home. No, uh, that's his stash house, man. Don't judge well, his house. Gus said it's his home, and I yeah, feel like but it sort Gus of is. doesn't know. It, Jeopard said this is my stash house. This is where I can hide things, and it's smart. You know, you think he's got another home? Another, I think he's like got a, a couple bus? places that, like, just outside of places, if he's smart and travels around, where he keeps things. How many stash houses do you have, Pete? That's for, not, for your cheese, that's for your not a, for yeah, your that's not up for discussion. <laughs> what did he say about Halloween? It's when we make pancakes, and what was the second thing? Uh, you get to have pancakes how I like them, and we shoot things with a slingshot. Ah, uh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I'm gonna start Which doing that. Which seems like every day. Yeah. Yes. Make your own holidays. Get yeah, weird. Exactly. Um, what did you think about that? There was a lot of talk about a lot of hype about caramel apples. Um, yeah. Which I think is very um, apropos since we are going to talk about caramel shortly. Um, Jeopard hypes up this caramel better than syrup. And then he gets mad at Gus when he goes ham on the apples. He he goes ham on the free samples. Which yeah, is you rude. can't go ham on free samples. Yeah, they're out there. Oh, yeah, sure, they're out there. But you can't just attack the free samples in front. you got to get one, walk away. 
Come back, get another free sample. <laughs> Why'd you get so quiet? Are you saying, you do you that? wait until the shift changes? Oh, yeah. You always got to do that. Come out. What are Sometimes, you sampling, Pete? What with, are you free sampling? Hey, man, it's it's been a long time since I've been to those like stores where they hand away uh, free stuff. You know what I mean? So you got you to gotta really take advantage when you're at you a trying to get a tiny You trying to get a tiny cheese? Oh, man, there's nothing like a tiny cheese. The caramel apples, do they have slivered almonds on them? Was that what was going on? Because that's kind of weird, uh, of too. Of course, Alex is getting in on the very hyper candy thing. Yeah, star, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yes, and I think that's sort of normal. Honestly, caramel apples are, it's like a job. Like, those are so difficult to eat. It's a punishment candy. <laughs> What's better, caramel apples or candy apples? Um, They're the, basically the same thing. It's just no. less hard, less yeah. hard. Yeah, no, exactly. caramel apples, so, candy apples, totally different. Candy apples are like you bite into them, and it's like oh, now I have a mouthful of sweet glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like eating um, uh, pecan. What is it uh, that you smash with a hammer to eat? Oh yeah, the like brittle stuff. Brittle you know, peanut like, brittle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do like peanut brittle, but I think the problem also that I have with both caramel apples and candy apples is they've always been sitting outside at a fair for a while, so you got the like this mushy, warm yeah, apple and then on the a, inside. You get an apple on the inside, which isn't that great of a reward. No, but like is. a nice, crisp, cold apple, that's good. Yeah, but so you're talking about this is, no thanks. This is candy that was invented hundreds of years ago. Of course, it's old. It's like Amish candy. Like, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's going to be a work <laughs> to get to it. It's not going to be great. Yeah. It's time for your penitence. Eat a caramel well, apple. <laughs> I mean, the thing was, apple was like a treat back then. And now apple's like what you do to so you don't go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I have to eat a lot of them because my teeth are falling out. <laughs> uh, I may see some sort of correlation there, but I'll keep working on it. <laughs> well, we don't brush our teeth. We just pull an apple off the apple tree out in the front yard. Yeah. I I got initially annoyed that we went to the... Gus is told to stay there and then leaves anyway well, which is a very, you know, it's a trope that we see in absolutely everything. So I guess it's a trope and it's fine. But I like how it played out. I like. Have that you ever tried to get a kid to stay someplace, though, you know, and then leave them? No, it never. It doesn't go well. I've never had to say to my children, don't, please don't move for one second. <laughs> they just always know what I want. And, uh, Him seeing the other kids, though, I think was nice. I like this oh, thread so that dangerous, they've been putting through though. here. Very dangerous, but it's something that they're playing on, the fact that he has lived alone in his entire life. And without explicitly stating, I want to play with other kids, he is constantly drawn to that. And here he gets to see what the world thinks of animal children, which he wasn't aware of. Uh, and then meeting these other animal worshipers or whatever they are is very interesting. I, I also just like the fact that like he didn't immediately get kidnapped by that girl, but Jeopard grabbed him right back. I thought the whole thing, it played into tropes, but it played them again, as we've been talking about all along of the show, to the top of its intelligence. Also, I loved how uh, Jeopard greased the wheel a little bit, handing him uh, two sealed double-A uh, batteries. Mm-hmm. Here, here you go, man. Here's a Double-A. I mean, those are perfect in the, the VCR remote, you know? Oh, yeah. Get yeah. that going. And you, you never have enough. Tommy you Boy. always have, like, one left, you know? Yeah. And, and then you're like, do you put triple two, A's? You have so many two, triple A's, oh, not so enough many triple A's. You're like, we bought those for that one fan remote <laughs> control once. I and mean, what are we even doing with all these? And do you ever mix batteries where you get like one one brand and the other, and you're like, this what's this oh, brand? Yeah. It's like not even a real brand. Where did I get this? And then you put them in there together, and you know these batteries aren't going to get along in the remote. No, it's going to shut gonna down die first. What is this? Electro friends. <laughs> yeah. What is this, Electro Friends? The show that I've been pitching where <laughs> it's robots instead of Phoebe Ross. <laughs> Electro Friends. Yeah, I know. 
we were on a break. Obviously, oh we were on a sleep period. <laughs> Eventually, we're not going to get a Friends reunion every year because these actors are getting older. We need to mm-hmm. replace them with robots. Absolutely. Robot friends. Electro friends. Great pitch. Great pitch. It this does kind of remind me, though, of when Jeopard is uh, get, getting his tickets. I get real nervous when I go to buy tickets and then the ticket person looks me up and down for like things on my person that they want. That's always the <laughs> tough part. And I'm glad that you they did that. You always immediately hand them your shoelaces without even yeah. asking, right? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can't stand the stare down. It's too much. And you're like, yeah, do you want my Punisher shirt? And he, the guy's like, I've, you've given me hundreds of Punisher shirts, sir. I don't need any more of those. I also like the little detail. I, I mean, I think we could probably talk about Abbott now. There's this note before we get to the end of the episode where Jeopard is trying to find his pills, talks to a lady, says that there aren't any left. And she says, welcome to Abbott's America. By the end, we meet Abbott, who looks like he stepped straight out of the comic book. Yeah. yeah. And well just crazy beard, red glasses, very disturbing, very upsetting figure. Uh, Big exciting. John Malkovich energy. Um, in yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with him going forward because obviously he is a huge character throughout the season. Um, I also really like the shot walking up to Abbott talking about non CGI stuff. I mean, there was a little bit of camera fakery there with the truck, but just following the back of the soldier walking up to him, I thought was very neat and very well done. Yeah, I agree. Any other moments that you guys want to call out from the episode before we move on? Uh, really like the way they broke down the whistle, how the train whistles work yeah. um, for d- future dramatic effect um, that they use almost immediately. That was fun. I bet <laughs> that the ticket's non-refundable, let's be honest. That's lost. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 He's not going to get those laces back. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, and act human. Uh, I get it, Gus. The, I get it. Yeah, when Gus, uh, you know, gets busted and he's like, I'm a human boy. Uh, that was just hysterical. I can talk. Uh, yeah, I can um, talk. I'm a human boy. Also, all of his fake identities were great. Just trying to immediately go yeah. into a character and Jeopard shutting him down was very funny. Very funny. Um, Gus is really coming into his own. He's not just this shy kid who's like scared of the world. He's like a funny, weird kid who's audacious in a lot of the way that he thinks and acts. Uh, so I really appreciate that. We didn't talk about the vision he had in mm. um, mm-hmm. in Jeopard's bus home. A vision of snow. Uh is that something – why did he have that? Is that a vision, now, an actual vision? That, that happens to you, right? If you like uh, – you know, sometimes you have vision when a storm's coming. You can you – can because that's like a country bumpkin thing. Yeah, I feel it in my knees. Yeah, your knees act up. That's right. That's how I you say know big storm. I say brewing is what yep. I say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's able to tell that winter is coming. So that's nice. This yeah, is – Winter is coming. Uh, this is something that I think, I mean, without getting too much into spoilers for the comic book necessarily, but something that we've seen in the show is that there are these potentially not mystical, but magical realism elements that sneak their way in. We saw that with the stag in the last episode. We see it with the dream of snow. So, yeah, the question is, are these visions, are these things that are heading, uh, th- thrusting Gus forward towards his destiny? I think the answer is Yes. I mean, we don't know exactly what it is or how it's going to play out in terms of the show yet, but certainly these are things that are pushing him in a certain direction. Um, But uh, I like that. I like that element in the middle of sci-fi to get back to that fairy tale nature of, no, there's a little bit of magic in this world at the same time. Yeah. Speaking of magic, we should talk about the human puppet people. 
Um, now I've played video what? games before. Uh, do you guys go like immediately from like killing video games to then just, you know, like hand killing people in the same way in real life? Like the way that they went from like video game to like a security breach alarm, walk out and just start like, uh, I, I was really, uh, impressed by how intense these puppet people are. Um, so because they're dressed like Jim Henson, like kind of like closet puppets that didn't quite make it to the show. Mm. Like uh, uh, nightmare like puppets, JV, I will say, JV Muppets. This yeah, is yeah. another thing that I probably shouldn't say out loud, but when uh-huh. I used to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas a ton, like all day, sometimes it got to the point where I'd be wandering outside and be like, "Oh, I could steal that car." Yeah, <laughs> and you just sort of get in this mode, your brain of like, "I'm doing this all the time, virtually anyway." That's what you do with cars. You walk over to them, open up the door, start driving them away. 90s hip-hop starts playing, yeah. California Love, and then you uh, ram it into some stuff. And that's when you know when it's time to stop playing. But I do think these people have taken it too far. It was hard to podcast when you were in jail, but honestly, it made for more interesting <laughs> episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, my example of that is playing Dr. Mario, one of my favorite games. But I played that so much that I would close my eyes and see pills dropping from it, through my vision. Yeah, you know, we've, we've all played video games for too long before, but I'm just, that didn't bother you guys that it went right from that to that? Like, we've already I, explained that I played Grand Theft Auto oh and started God. stealing cars. I, Justin I was here played for Dr. That. Mario was, and opened uh, up a small medical practice <laughs> in his hometown. <laughs> okay, not weird, just me. Got Dr. it. Dr. Feel Good, they called me. <laughs> Pete, what did you, what's your experience with video game to real life? Um, You know, it's a lot of. Me trying to jump like Contra, like do that spin move in the air, and it just didn't, it never quite worked, you know? So, did you ever, when you wake up and shout the Konami code, do you get uh, 30 lives? I've tried it every morning and it never works. <laughs> up, up, down, down. I've left, even tried right, to left, you know, right, act it out, not scream it. You know, there's a lot of different things. But. Act it out. Wow. How do you yeah. act B? <laughs> <laughs> you got to punch the person next to you, whoever you're like, you know, yeah. Yeah. How's your girlfriend, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no problem. All right. Why don't we move on with the next section of our show where we review a piece of candy. On this episode, we are going to be reviewing Twix. We're going to be talking about Twix. Uh, so I went by the gas station near me. Oh, my God. You got it. You got it. You got it. How do you not? I Twix. I they did have regular Twix again, so I picked up uh, cookies and cream Twix. That is a completely <laughs> different thing. I That's know. Different candy, they did, we were doing Twix, but they didn't have regular Twix, so I got cookies and cream oh. Twix. I'm sorry. Are you going to the gas station in like Back to the Future, where yeah, exactly. it's like a, a different time period, and it's like this is laser candy? So the weird thing is, sometimes I walk by it and it's just not there, and then other times I walk by it and there's an old man who's like, "Oh, want to come inside and have some candy?" <laughs> I'm like, all right. And it gives you weird discontinued kinds yeah. of candy. All right, why don't we try these? I realize... I've got two left Twix, by the way. I uh, only eat left Twix. Huh. These don't specify which is which. That's the cookies and cream way. Yeah. Uh, All right, here we go. Left, right paradigm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Let me just say, I haven't eaten a single bit of food today except for this candy bar. (laughs) So that's a good idea. That's probably not a good idea, man. 
It's pretty good. This is, I mean, it's still got the chocolate cookie, but there's like cookies and cream, cream on the top, and it tastes kind of like an Oreo, which I like. Here's the thing: it's not a chocolate cookie in um, in Twix. It's just oh, it's a not. Cookie. No, it's like a little. Oh, it's uh, like a vanilla know, cookie. Vanilla okay. cookie. You're also missing the caramel, which I feel like is essential to the Twix. Yeah. So again, this is sort of it's better than this syrup. Is like, it's nothing like a Twix while you're having. Yeah. It, this actually. Uh, Tastes very English. It tastes very like UK sort of Cadbury mm. type cookies. Yuck. Yucky. <laughs> Yuck. And right. I know we're viewing no. Twix, but I'm actually eating a um, flame mignon steak. And I'll give <laughs> uh, review like very good. The cookie center is excellent. So to get this back on the Twix track, like having the little cookie underneath the soft caramel and then a light coating of chocolate. Fucking brilliant. Just fantastic. And you get two of them. It's great. You feel great. I mean. I will say there's definitely something to the fact that you get two of them. Because most candy bars, you start at one end, chomp your way to the other end. No. This. And then you come you, to and it's gone. But you I, mean, I mean, the ultimate one. expression of this is a Kit Kat, which you have um, four. Yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Kit just, Kat's completely different. That's a waffle inside. Like, Well, what Justin is saying, though, is that you get four of them. I do think, though, that Kit Kat, because it comes attached, it's a different sort of experience. Like you're saying, though, with Twix, it's like, oh, I ate my candy bar. Oh, there's another one in here? Yeah. Did they mess up? No, they (laughs) didn't. And that's what I always say. These guys messed up again. Also, you can (laughs) freeze them in there great, too. Put Twix in the freezer. Yeah. Caramel freezes. All candy. It's actually true of anything. Some (laughs) some freezer candy stuff is not as good as others. Like what? Name one bad candy bar in the freezer. Twizzlers. That's not a candy bar. Okay. Not meant for consumption. uh, uh, A payday or something that's like all, you know, like it's not, why are you freezing that? Like a Charleston Chew is great for the freezer. Uh, Peanut butter cups are great for the freezer. Mm, Um, Also great in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Essential, really. But the, if it's got too many peanuts, um, like uh, Baby Ruth, it's not as good as... Well, no, sometimes mm. Baby Ruth is good. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I like a Twix. The caramel makes mm-hmm. it. And maybe yeah. I'm a caramel head because uh, I'll give you the, the power, my power rankings for all the candy bars we've had. Well, Snickers. Snickers nope. top. King, king nope. candy. Nope. I, dare you to, I dare you any candy to unseat a Snickers. Twix just did. We just ate it. No. Snickers... Then nope. Twix, and then nope. way, way further below, um, Milky Way. Or what oh do we my have? God! What is it? Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Way, no, way. I think. Life. I think. Let's save official rankings until we get to the end of the first season. I think yeah, that's, that's the way awful. To do it. What you? Just I will did. mention. I think. Uh, not that this is too much of a surprise, but the cookies and cream Twix. I think if you're going to do that, just get an Oreo. You know, get a, get a real Twix. Don't go to the gas station on the corner. That disappears. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's your advice for everything. Just get an Oreo. Absolutely. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and to listen to this podcast at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This TV's talking to me. Who are these people? 